1: It's time for the church to acknowledge that we have brothers and sisters who are gay.
0: LGBTs have to find a household of worship that reflects what your views are and what you believe. A
2: gay person who still wants to attend church after
3: the way the church has treated the gay community, I'm telling you, they have more faith than I do. They have more faith than
0: a lot of you. What's not loving is to look someone in the eye when God says they are in jeopardy of an eternity in hell and merely wink and nod at their sin because you're afraid of being called names. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Want to speak like a prophet? This is Wretched Radio. Don't panic. We didn't go all NAR on you, but we Christians are indeed called to speak prophetically, just like the office of Old Testament prophet, who on occasion foretold the future, revealing God's plans. Overall, the majority of their prophetic utterances were forth telling, here's what God says, repent, return to him. And that is the message that the New Testament Christian is to bring to the world. When we see darkness, we are to shine a light. But we also need, even though we're New Testament saints, the Old Testament pattern of prophets was, hey, You're sinning. But they didn't just point a rebuking finger at the children of Israel. They told them, come back, return. Shub, you've got to stop behaving like this and come back to the Lord. He will bless you. And we too, as New Testament Christians, need to follow that same pattern, although it is a more technicolor message. We should be pointing out to those In authority, you're sinning, you're being wayward, but we must also call them to the one who forgives wicked officials. That is how we act as New Testament believers. Dare I say prophets, not the office, but speaking forth for God. This behavior is sin. God says so. If you do not turn, you will be Judged, Jesus Christ stands willing to forgive. That is how we should be speaking to our civil magistrates who have been given authority by God as ministers who can indeed receive messages from the people. But our message is going to be different than that of the world. It's not just going to be typical political banter. Our message to politicians that have gone astray it should sound distinctly different case in point a fellow stood before the york city council meeting to declare hey your behavior it ain't so good let's see what we can learn from one alex Kochman, who spent three minutes at the podium beginning with by being very pauline Uh, but thank you for the privilege thank you for the way that all of you serve our city That's Pauline, right there. You want to know how to address people in power? Do what Paul did. Hey, wow, I got to tell you, Festus, your knowledge of the Jewish religion, amazing. Now, does that mean that Paul was in agreement with the civil magistrates? No. But there ain't nothing wrong with being as flattering as you can be. Paul did this in every one of his epistles, less so in the book of Galatians, but nevertheless, even with. The increasingly legalistic Galatians, Paul started out nice, affirming things, good things. uh, uh, If you can say something good, say something good. And that's precisely how this fellow, who is from a Bible church, who also is a member of a ministry in the town of York, bringing a message to a naughty city council. And
1: so just wanted to bring to the council's attention um, some concerns that uh, persons of faith, uh, especially of the Christian faith, have in the community uh, with respect to the lives of children and to the activities of Planned Parenthood just uh, 0.6 miles away from here. Um, First, just uh, some facts that I think we likely already know, which is that over 800 abortions take place in the city of York each year. Wow! Uh, These are Lives. The science
2: proves that these are human lives. That's good. Science does prove it. Not that they always believe science because they tend to get a little bit selective when it comes to science. But he's right. Scientifically, we're talking about human beings here are snuffed out innocently. And furthermore, local abortion centers
1: in other neighboring counties uh, in recent years have decreased operations or have shut down, which has made the city of York a little bit of a abortion tourist destination, which unfortunately means that uh, the city of York has a reputation of being a city that is a place where death can take place.
2: Got to like, Jimmy, this dude's tone. That's exactly what I was just now thinking. (laughs) Oh, Sir, (laughs) how much did he pray before this Uh, presentation?
1: uh, I, I regret and others regret. That that's the reputation of this city that we love very much and, and call home
2: that's another good word say affirming things about the town after all it's it's second Thessaphecians that says you attract more flies with honey you can just look that up um,
1: as a Christian uh,
2: I would implore you
1: in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ love it
2: there's his authority and he's got a smile on his face by the way by the name of jesus christ he's just a civilian he's just a citizen his voice should be heard no more authoritatively than the people who are queuing up to speak to the city council not ashamed no no bait and switch in the name of the lord jesus christ
1: uh it's the year 2023 anno domini the year of our lord he died and rose and is seated at the right hand of the Father, and all governments and authorities, civil and local, state and city and federal, must give an account to him.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Uh, I, I, I don't know the rest of this guy's understanding of church-state relations, but right now, that statement is bang on. You will give an account. If you're a minister of God, which is what a government official is, you have been given that authority on loan from God. There's going to be a day of reckoning. You will give an accounting for how you behaved. That is a prophetic word. That is proclaiming judgment that is to come.
1: Including myself, including each of the members of this council, each of the attendees here, we'll all give an account of our lives. Well done. And I would implore you to take action legislatively, bureaucratically, using whatever means are available to bring this killing to an end, to bring this murder to an end, using the levers of power uh, in the government.
2: I like that he used that M word. He didn't use it nastily, but it is the accurate word. The intentional taking of an innocent human life. You want to look up a definition for murder? Abortion is it to protect the cause of life. I know some of you
1: profess to be believers here as well. And so I would implore you to do that. There are lawful means available uh, to scrutinize and to uh, bring pressure upon this barbaric institution. That is
2: Love that word. It's exactly what it is. This is barbarism. Same thing with the transgender business in our
1: city. And so that would be my encouragement and my strong plea is to repent of indifference.
2: Love it. Use biblical language. We, we, we've got to stop watering it down. That is biblical, repent. Because you can say, hey, stop being a naughty city council. And while that certainly is a correct admonition, it ain't a biblical correction. And to
1: see to it that the cause of justice is served for these underprivileged and suffering individuals who are often neglected. Love that. Everybody wants justice. What about their justice? Namely the unborn, as well as the mothers and fathers uh, who unfortunately are led to commit the act of murder and to participate in that at Planned Parenthood in our city. And I thank you for your time. Again, I thank you for the service. I hope
2: this is received in good faith. That's a good word. Is anybody confused where this fellow stands? Here's a question. Uh, I'm not saying that, that an individual can ever strike a John the Baptist-like tone, but ask yourself the question. If you were sitting on the city council, would you receive this guy's admonition better than somebody who's like, you know, you people, you're just twisted and st- horror with the way that you're... Which one would you receive better? I, I don't think that anybody would say this guy is lacking courage or boldness. He's just speaking truth,
1: you know, in love. Uh, you are being prayed for by the churches of this community. Well done. Uh, whether you are contacted by people or not, whether you receive lots of encouragement or lots of rebuke, uh, know that you are cared for, prayed for by name by many Christians throughout the community. And we're grateful for your leadership. We would ask that you exercise leadership in this area, too, and that you think carefully about the levers of power that would be available to you in this way. Again, thank you for your time and for your public service.
2: Jimmy, even by commenting on this guy's tone, I'm going to sound like a jerk by comparison. <laughs> 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 How do we speak light into darkness? Got to tell you, you could. this is a page in the playbook. I, I grant you, uh, there can be times when passion is correct. That is... In fact, sometimes to not have passion is a bit absurd. Eh, it, it would be like speaking about uh, a, a Holocaust, a, a, some some sort of obliteration of an entire people group. Well, you know, it'd be kind of nice if you think th- there is indeed time for speaking, well, like John the Baptist. Then again, there's times to speak like Alex. Kochman. Well done, sir. This is Wretched Radio. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from At preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn slash wretched.
3: Have you ever wanted to understand your Bible just a little bit better? Well, that's the promise that we're going to make with the Read Your Bible Better Bundle. It's available right now at wretched.org through the end of this month. First up, in the bundle, you're going to find Herman Who. If you've ever struggled with interpreting the Bible in the correct fashion, you know, grammatically and historically, well then Herman Who is for you. Also in the bundle, you're going to find It's Not Greek to Me. So, when you nod along with your pastor during church, you'll know exactly why you're nodding along. Then there's drive-by theology. No more confusion, no more uncertainty. You'll know exactly what you believe and why you believe it. And then Jesus Unmasked is also included. With Jesus Unmasked, you'll start to see the Bible as a cohesive book about one subject, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Oh, and did I mention along with all of these resources, you're also going to get their study guides. It's the Read Your Bible Better bundle, and it's only available right now at richit.org through the end of the month.
2: Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched, tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched.
0: Important Dates in Christian History 1735 The Great Awakening under Jonathan Edwards stirs the American colonies with many conversions and individual returns to heartfelt faith. Because of this awakening, a number of divinity schools were founded, including Princeton, Dartmouth,
2: and Rutgers. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. And then there's Alistair Begg. This is Wretched Radio. How do we speak? to an increasingly darkened world, let me suggest to you, we need to find a biblical path forward because if we simply listen to the clamor of those on the left, we will capitulate. We will become middle of the roaders who compromise on truth. We can't do that. But how we present that truth, I would suggest to you that increasingly, not exclusively, but increasingly, we adopt the tone of the fellow we just heard, Alex Kochman, and that we adopt the tone of Alistair Begg. He's been pastoring for 40 years in Cle- outside of Cleve, Cleve, yes, Cleveland. That's, that's right. Did you watch the Cincinnati Tennis Tournament, I the did. Western Southern, open the final match? No, I did not. Oh, I was exhausted. It was an unbelievable match between Carlos Alcarez and uh, Novak Djokovic, one and two. In that order, it was the finals. It was ha-ha-hot. It said it was 91, but it feels like 99 on cement, basically, is what they're playing on hard courts. And in the middle, I think right at the end of the first set, which Alcarez won in a tiebreaker 7-5, Novak Djokovic, I I thought, honestly, he, he might need to be taken out on a stretcher. He looked like he was having heat stroke right in front of our eyes. And yet... He just soldiered on, somehow found a way to win the second set, and I was cheering like a nobody's business for the 36-year-old against the 20-year-old, and he won. But then the speeches took place, and I have to tell you, while I was glad that Novak Djokovic won, you'll, by the way, if, if you're under the age of 36, if you were over the age of 36, you'd be celebrating his victory too. Mark my words, but this young man, he spoke and he was pretty emotional because he just lost a heartbreaker. And I think we need to appreciate, I remember when a number of these, they were, I think they were on the women's side exclusively that retired from women's tennis because they couldn't take the pressure. And a lot of people just jumped up. see, here's the snowflake generation, Do you realize the pressure that's on a 20-year-old? He's a cottage industry. Now, he's not even a cottage industry. He's an industry. He's got people with him all the time. Those are the folks that you see in the stands. He's got the managers and the agents and the sponsors to deal, the clothing deals. There's a lot of pressure on these young people. And this young man got up to speak after a rather crushing defeat. And he said a word. No, he said three words that might be good for you to hear if you are a younger person. He was devastated at the defeat to the champion. And he said to Novak Djokovic, oh, I learned so much from you today and, and every time I get to be with you, and I, I, I thank you for that. And I went, well, that's interesting. I don't think he was. And by the way, I don't think the context was that he was talking about strategy, and then he thanked his team, and he said that that I get to be with you and and every day you teach me and I'm, and and I'm, and I'm and i'm and i'm and I'm learning so much and I don't think he was just talking about tennis and then he got super emotional when he was talking about his brother who was in the stands, both of them crying, saying, "Thank you for traveling with thank you for helping me to become a better man. whoa, 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 it is. So exceptional. A 20-year-old who recognized I could learn from older people. They have stuff to teach me. I'm telling you, if you're young, if you can adopt the mindset that apparently Carlos Alcaraz has, you will become a tennis champion. Probably not the exact right conclusion, but you will do better than your peers. Why? Because you're being proverbially wise. The Bible is constant with this. You don't take advice, you're a fool. And I don't care what age you are. You don't listen to wisdom, you're a fool. You you spend your time with fools, you're going to become a fool. Seek wisdom. Be like Carlos Alcarez who lost a heartbreaker in Cincinnati, which is north of Cleveland, which is where Alistair Begg is. You didn't think we were going to get back here, did you? <laughs> Alistair Begg addressing the issue of LGBTQ. <sighs> is he adamant against these sins? Of course he is. Is, is, is. Does he want people to turn? Of course he does. And this is not to suggest we can't ever be hot. But I think increasingly we are wiser To be loving in our tone, let me make my case in point before we go to Cleveland and visit Alistair Begg. This was an article, I know, I know, I know, the source, I get it. It's not spectacular, but just the same. This is from Salon.com. Here's the headline. Guns, Republicans, and manliness, we all suffer from the rights mental health crisis. (laughs) the bible says their minds are darkened their minds are so darkened they hear our minds being expressed and they think we're crazy people many republicans in the right-wing media that you could just replace that with evangelical (laughs) many republicans in the right-wing media continue to profit by leading people especially younger men to despair oh If anybody's leading them to despair, so many conservatives live in an incessant state of fear about books and experts and science and liberals and immigrants and independent women and people of color and people with different sexual preferences or gender identities, that it's no wonder they appear mentally and emotionally unhealthy. Look at that. While we've been talking about them and using the bible to offer a correct prognosis well diagnosis of, of, of their thinking their minds are so darkened they're so mad at the light they they think the, they think we're crazy then there are the evangelical and fundamentalist christians who form the most reliable maga republican base their alleged belief in jesus christ Oh, that was, that was has become so warped. By the way, there's there's an, a line later. Those who dehumanize their political opponents by referring to them as enemies and who call teachers, librarians, and parents groomers have mental health issues far exceeding those of young people struggling with questions of sexual orientation. So he's accusing us of dehumanizing, but listen to how he describes us. Pot meet the kettle. then there are the evangelicals. Their supposed belief in Jesus Christ has become so warped, they now perceive their savior in the person of our twice impeached, four times indicted ex-president. I think it's six times now, if I'm not mistaken. None of these signals, none of this signals a group of well-adjusted human beings. I could go on. I think we get the point. They think you're crazy. How are you going to talk to them? that they might hear. Yeah, it can be cathartic to just let it off of our chest, but I don't find a Bible verse that suggests that's a wise way to win people. No, I am not saying there is never time for some, "Ah!" but even as we deliver some fire, there better be something about our presentation that says, we don't hate you. We seek the best for you, but you must turn from your sins. We heard Alex Kochman, pastor of a Bible church with the York City Council. And now for your consideration, one Alistair Beg, Homosexual people
0: are either, are either hated or they are affirmed. Those are the only two options. Either you hate me Or you affirm me. The Christian actually does neither. We do not hate, but nor do we affirm. We cannot hate because of God's word, and we cannot affirm because of God's word. And we have to be prepared to say that we are unprepared to rewrite the Bible in order to accommodate a society that needs the Bible and that needs the Jesus, who is the focus of the Bible.
2: Does he sound mad? Not to me. Does he sound like a compromiser? Not to me. (laughs) Finding that balance, it ain't easy because our emotions tend to get stirred and it can typically come out sounding like, well, that article in Salon. <laughs> Listen this is so, somewhere this is from the article on the wide spectrum between adolescent teasing and the smiling white men in the lynching photographs <sighs> lies you and me that's how the world views evangelicals i'm not saying that this is the hands down definitive only way to speak to a darkened culture but if we aren't at least aware of what they are thinking about us, and how deep their sin is, how dark their darkness is, uh, then 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 we're probably not being as prophetic, at least prophetically effective, as we should be. This is Wretched Radio.
3: And it's now time for a Wretched News break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. And our first story today takes us to New York, where public schools are doubling down on what's called DEI. You know, diversity, equity, and inclusion. According to the state's attorney general, Letitia James, schools must respect gender student identity, even allowing boys to use girls' bathrooms, without question. Lewd or inappropriate looks, ladies and gentlemen, have to stay in the classroom because clearly removing them would be a disservice to diversity. And even women's sports must open their doors to male students, which level the playing field. Don't you just love progress? In New Jersey, a state judge, David Bauman, has blocked three school districts from enforcing a policy requiring schools to notify parents if their child decides to change their gender identity, because obviously everyone knows that it's great to keep parents in the dark about anything their children decide to do. The decision supports the claim that the policy may disproportionately affect transgender and non-binary youth. But hey, here's the good news, parents. You'll also be the last to know about your child's bathroom usage, participation in opposite sex sports teams, and well, almost everything else. It's not just this. In Georgia, a teacher has been fired for reading a book about gender identity to her fifth grade class. The Cobb County School Board terminated the teacher's employment, despite a recommendation from three retired educators to keep her on staff. The superintendent of the school, in a move that was afforded to him because he's superintendent, decided that discussing gender identity isn't appropriate for fifth graders. You know, you just wish there were more superintendents and school administrators and officials and teachers with common sense like Mr. Ragsdale. Speaking of boundaries, Washington, that's D.C., may need a lesson in consistency. A federal appeals court has ruled that officials selectively enforced a defacement law when arresting pro-life activists in 2020. You don't say. The Frederick Douglass Foundation claims that D.C. officials treated pro-life activists differently in their enforcement of the law, a sort of deface but don't get caught if you're on the wrong side policy (laughs) the 3-0 ruling acknowledges the potential for selective enforcement of laws which opens a door for conversation on equal treatment under the law now that's a novel idea who would have ever thought that would have been a thing that actually would happen huh and that's been today's wretched news break more wretched radio is straight ahead i'm jimmy hicks
0: God has given the church many gifts for the building up of the body. One gift is service, the spiritual ability to meet people's physical needs. Just as Christ came not to be served, but to serve, God provides the office of deacon, those who are charged and equipped to care for the physical needs of the church. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel.
2: Unlike some former Southern Baptist Convention Presidents, let me give credit where credit is due. This is Wretched Radio, hoping that you heard a great sermon on Sunday. Our pastor making his way through 1 Peter, it is a book on two subjects. You say, no, it's a book on one subject. It's a book about persecution, and that is correct. But 1 Peter is also a book about evangelism, you say, what you talking about, Willis? It tells Christians how to endure under wicked Emperor Nero, how we are supposed to be submissive in every realm of society. I agree, but to what end? It is replete throughout the epistle of First Peter. So that what? So that people will see your, what they call evil behavior. That's 1 Peter 2.12. They see what they think is evil behavior, and yet they will observe how you act, and they will do what? Glorify God on the day of visitation. In other words, they get saved, not just from watching us. Of course, they have to hear the gospel, but how we live undergirds our message, and people get saved because they can't deny it. Those people are so firmly convinced of their beliefs. Even though we shellack them, they still love us, they're kindly, they pray for us. And we see the same thing in First Peter 3 when it comes to women being submissive to their husband. Likewise, what did, what did we see? Be submissive likewise, like we're supposed to be as citizens to the government in 1 Peter 2. So that even your rascally husband would see your good behavior and get one without a word. Now, of course, he has to hear the gospel. That isn't the impetus of the verse. It is that your godly behavior wins people. Don't we see that then in First Peter three? That you might give a reason. What 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 do you mean that we you're gonna behave so differently when people persecute you? They're going to go, all right, what's up with you? I'm paraphrasing. Give us us a reason for the hope that lies within you. In other words, the book of 1 Peter, it is about persecution, but it is linked directly to evangelism. Our pastor diving into 1 Peter 3, which most would consider to be rather choppy cultural waters these days because it talks about women being submissive to husbands. Now, I get that. I do understand that. I, I, I think that there is something inside of the fallen human heart that would prefer to not be in a supporting role. But please remember, God often describes himself as a supporter, as a helper. In John, I think it's 14 through 18, give or take. Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the helper. I I believe it's 40 times, 40 times the Trinitarian Godhead, all three persons fully divine. And one of them is willing to be called a helper. Don't forget God called himself the helper of Israel and women are called to be helpers. It is not an office or a description that lacks dignity. It is the world that screams at us. That is a demeaning place. Not according to God's economy. It's not the son submitted to the father. Is he less than divine? Certainly not. And so the the world loves to counter what the Bible teaches about the beauty of rules and the happiness that comes from living inside of His will. Now I'm going to do something to you that our pastor did not do to us. You're welcome. Let me see if I can utilize the sermon that was preached on Sunday to perhaps catch you consistency, but not just to point a finger and go, aha, I don't do that, but instead that we would perhaps see with greater clarity areas where we perhaps have compromised and see the beauty in aligning. Every aspect of our life with God's will and the blessing, the shalom that comes from that. So props to our pastor, Ty Blackburn. See, Jimmy, that's not hard to give credit. You can just tell everybody you're ripping off stuff. Doesn't doesn't hurt a thing. You look at the world's understanding of the trans issue and you realize they're just living outside of God's will. You would hearken under Genesis 2. You would say it's male and female. That's it. Two genders, no spectrum, and you certainly can't change your gender. It's preposterous that we think that we can mutilate a body, and therefore, you are now that gender. It, it, it's, it's, it's tragic. It is evil. But I think it's pretty easy for us to see that. Fair enough. Category number two, Sexuality how human beings manifest their desires for pleasure. We look at that and we go, that's that's pretty simple. It's male and female. That's really clear. In the, besides, nature screens it. I mean, you got the body parts, procreation looks pretty obvious. So even if you deny the existence of God and you are an evolutionist, you have to ask yourself the question, well, why do we have that if it doesn't matter? How can a species continue to sustain itself if it isn't a boy and girl doing the procreative act? I think you and I look at issues of sexuality, and we can easily say, wrong. Category number three. Let me read 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 1. This is from your New King James Version. Wives, be submissive to your own husbands that even if some do not obey the word, they without a word may be won by the conduct of their wives when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. Do not let your adornment, don't wear the jewelry. Let it be about the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. May I ask you, is it as easy for you to amen that third category as it was the first and second. Isn't it? There's a reason for that. I think it's it's the siren song of our world that tells us, whoa, 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 corner office, captains of industry, captainets of industry. That is the only really affirming role for a woman and for a man equally. And God comes along and says something. No, I've got different roles for you. And that goes back to the garden, too, by the way. We, we see that laid out quite clearly, and, and we see that manifested quite regularly throughout the entire Bible. And we hear in First Peter that men are to be the protectors. He gets into that in verse 7, that, that we're the strong one, and she is the nurturing one, playing the supportive role. Is that, is that harder for you? Now, here's the challenge. If you perhaps buck against category number three, you're being inconsistent because it was easy with category one and two. W- why? Why is this Why is this an inconsistency? Because God in category one says, no, you can't do that to the human body. Category number two, no, you can't do that with your human body. Category number three is God saying, this is how you should play your role. And if we deny that or fight against that, consistent. And we will not know the true shalom that God offers to his children who live in fear of him. Did you catch that fear? Fascinating how often he connects fear with love and forgiveness. Let's try category number four, truth telling. Truth telling. Do you you think that it's bad to lie? Well, you probably do, but do you? Do you ever find yourself shading it? Maybe just flat out lying about it? Well, then you're being inconsistent because God says, if you're not a truth teller, well, you're you're not going to experience the blessing of being in alignment with his word. Try category five. What about your anger? Are you willing to mortify that and get it under control? If you're not, it's not just. Here's why it's harming you. You know that it is, but here's why it's harming you. It's because you are not being a peaceable person, an individual who's got your emotions and members under control. Therefore, you cannot experience the full peace that God offers to you. It's pretty easy to take a look at certain categories of sin and go, yeah, 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 yeah. How dare they think like that? Probably because it's not an issue that we deal with. But it's my discovery of self and perhaps observing others that when it's a sin that we do, we have a tendency to perhaps get a little bit softer around the edges about what is acceptable and why. Well, it's not such a big deal. Perhaps what will motivate us to not compromise in that regard is to realize God offers you better. You're looking at pornography. Uh, You can't be fully happy. You can't because God says, don't do that. You can't even look with lust, let alone what it is that you're doing with your computer. You you can't be happy with that. Don't you want to be blessed? Don't you want God, if you will, to affirm your activities and bless you? Because of it and the joy that comes with obedience and being in alignment with his word, maybe, just maybe, you could identify a category of your life where there's been compromise and realize, you know what, it's time to look at it the way that I look at other categories. Be done with it and be blessed. This is Wretched Radio. cannot afford them in a local bible teaching church can you imagine the impact how much do you love your macarthur study bible for 25 dollars, you could put a bible into the hands of a believer in the philippines i'll do the math it's not tricky four bibles a hundred dollars maybe you could commit to giving a bible a month to a believer in the philippines please visit wretched.org bible wretched.org bible to join the masters academy international
3: Hey, thank you so much for listening to Wretched Radio today, and I hope you understand just how much we appreciate you for tuning in and listening on a daily basis. We really seriously do appreciate you, and we understand that we wouldn't be able to do the things that we do here at Wretched if it weren't for you. We hear from so many of you on a daily basis, and I got to say, the appetite that you have for the Word is downright inspiring. It inspires us to want to reach more people all over the world the world with the gospel so we can help to get more people in the same place you are with a large, hefty appetite for the word of God. And we need your help to do that, we would love for you to consider partnering with us as an ongoing monthly gospel partner. All of the questions that you might have about this can be answered right now just by visiting wretched.org donate or texting the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched, amazing grace, amazing gospel.
2: Five hundred dollars per month? If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit Medishare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 84434 Bible, eight four four three four Bible, 84434 Bible. Attributes of God.
0: Psalm 139 tells us that God is omnipresent. If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. God is not only outside and above his creation. He is present in every place, seeing what is happening. This is a comfort for those who love him, but a terror to those who hate him. This is Wretched Radio with
2: Todd Friel. <laughs> wow. This is Wretched Radio. Want to see Jimmy strike out? Well, I think you're about to. Jimmy, I hold in my never-before-nicotine-stained fingers a number of surveys specifically on the subject of relationships. Oh, I got this in the bag. You think you got this one all sorted, do you? Expert. Then tell me the number one reason people claim They get divorced. What is the number one conflict in homes besides keeping cabinet doors open? (laughs) Because I I know you're working through that issue. I'm not working through it. Do you think that there's maybe, maybe a reason that Mrs. Hicks leaves the cabinets open that would cause you to go, I get it. It's actually a good sign of my wife's commitment to me and to my family. (sighs) No, you're not going to buy it. I'm not going to. Well, what if she's just so busy thinking about the needs of her loved ones? Closing a cabinet door just is kind of that kind of falls out of frame because she's so consumed with doing good. Yeah, you know
3: what? I could buy that one more than. Uh, uh, no, I can't. I can't buy that one. You're not going for it. It just bothers me. And she knows it bothers me. So yeah. she says in her mind, she says.
2: I'm going to mess with Jimmy. Right Nay, no, She does not. <laughs> that's the way I feel. Well, that is. Well, that's because it's you. Right, that's right. And that's, that's the way we always feel about issues that rub us the wrong way. We're being rubbed the wrong way. Not that we could ha- possibly be getting unnecessarily rubbed. The number one conflict besides cabinet closing that leads to divorce. You want to take a guess? Uh, money. Ka-ching. Yep. Oh, yep. you got yep, you Yep. You beat the hint. Oh, okay. It's not. That's number six. Really? Let me tell you the source for this. This was 690,000 couples. Yikes. That got divorced in 2021. Well, there's a lot of scarred people, not to mention the children. This is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Now, this is also why they cite they got the divorce. Six finances. That... Boy, I'll tell you, I thought that that would be higher because it's hard enough living with another sinner, but when you're struggling and worrying about somebody knocking on the door and taking away your stuff, woof-da. but that is number one. Five is relationships with friends. Four, relationships with family. Encourage you before you get married. If you are married and you are having some familial issues with you know the in-laws, get a little booklet by Wayne Mack called in-laws it's so helpful it it will it will help you to honor those people that agitate you so much furthermore it will give you insight into why for instance your spouse leaves the cabinet doors open <clears throat> maybe her mother did that jimmy i'm just just saying here oh she does <laughs> she gets it honest <laughs> number 3 division of household labor. That that makes sense, doesn't it? Usually, both parties working. Why should it fall on the woman when they are both working equally outside of the home? Number two, parenting differences. If you are listening to this and you are not yet married, please do not let this frighten you. Most younger people hear statistics like this. They hear about the divorce rate. They perhaps lived in a home where oof, mom and dad were a nightmare. They did not get along at all. They just endured for the sake of the kids. I'm not getting married. In fact, Gen is identifying that they're actually afraid to get married. And Jimmy, that's your next survey. So you might be thinking about why it is the kids don't want to get married these days. But the number one reason that people are getting divorced uh, career choices. What really? I look, I'll just take them at the word. These are things that should be discussed in advance. I'm not saying that these are necessarily deal breakers, but they can be. These are these are these are pressure points in homes and marriages. These are the things that can cause serious rifts. Make sure that you are dealing with these. If you think going through marriage counseling is just so antiquated, I don't need to learn anything. Please reject that leading and go learn from somebody who's done it for a bit. You will be very glad that you did. Jimmy, would you like to know why the kids, the Gen Zers are saying, no, we're we're not going to get married. Even though most of them are shacking up, <laughs> yeah.
3: So uh, they're scared of getting married, is what you're saying.
2: Well, they 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 are stalling marriage for this particular excuse. Do you know what it is? Finances. Boom. It, it Paying really, for the wedding. Ah. Uh, this is crazy. I think we've all seen these cer these statistics before. According to the Cannot, the average U.S. wedding, including the ceremony and reception, cost. <laughs> And then in cities that are just have an economy of their own, like San Francisco and New York, $50,000. If you are young, you have found a godly potential spouse, but you're thinking we can't afford a wedding. Might I encourage you to set aside what the world says is a really good, dreamy wedding and get hitched. Even if it costs you nothing, it's not the it's it's not the trappings that are the big deal. And if you think I and I know how you feel. Well, if we don't do that, that's the way my family, my mother wants me to do it that way. That's the way that it's always been done. Yeah? And what's the issue when you get married? Is it that you serve a that you serve seafood instead of chicken? Because it's more expensive and that if I don't have that at the wedding, then people are going to think that we're cheap. Well, actually, we just think that you're young. And most parents, by the way, are having to pay for their kids' weddings. Nevertheless, if that is an issue for you, set it aside, scale it back and make it about what it's supposed to be about. Not the trappings, not the party, not even the honeymoon. I know it's cool, but that's all worldly stuff. Make it simple. I got to tell you something. Now, oh, this this is subjective. This is a survey of one. The best wedding that I've ever been to was held in a barn. It was the service was conducted in the local church. There's a trend that's dying, and what a shame. I, I get I get it, but where do we get this notion that the best place to have a covenantal ceremony in the eyes of God? before witnesses, is outside of the church. Well, the church isn't very nice. Well, gussy it up a little bit or don't, because that's not the point. It's the world that tells you it's got to look like some sort of Paris Hilton wedding. Otherwise, oh, by comparison, what a lie that is. What a a horrible lie that is. All right. This is a total, I grant you, this is a total ADHD moment. The sermon on Sunday included a quote from Screwtape to Wormwood. You know, the Screwtape letters, C.S. Lewis. Very, very insightful view of how demons go about the business of tempting you. And Wormwood thought he was doing a pretty bang up job with, with, with the human because he was getting the human to be a little bit compromised or tempted regarding sexual pleasures. And the response of screw tape, the wiser uncle said, be careful with pleasure. That's territory. In other words, that's God's territory. What in the world was C.S. Lewis trying to say? That God is the one who created intimacy, it is his good institution. And, and the, the devils, they've never, ever created anything pleasurable. All they do is take that which God has ordained to be good and contaminate it. When you get married, don't let the world contaminate it. Don't, don't let the devil and the world take something that is so glorious when a man and a woman come together and say, we're now one flesh till we die. We die together, holding hands, one flesh, that is what is pleasing to God. That's what makes a wedding a wedding. And the world, the devils, let's just, they, they can't create something good of their own. So they just contaminate it. Don't, don't let them do that. Make it special. Make it sweet. The wedding that I went to, it's not that it didn't cost anything. It was, del- they made a barn look magnificent. People actually working. People actually, you know, making the food, bringing the, that's better. I got to, which potluck do you like where they, they just import Chick-fil-A or where people make a dish. Let your wedding be sweet. Don't let it be loaded with frivolities that leave you in debt or worse yet, keep you from getting married. All right, Jimmy, this is your last chance to fail. Okay. The number one demographic that is increasing its marijuana and hallucinogen and binge drinking is? Oh, I don't know. Older people. Really? Yeah. That's where I wanted to. Yeah. Older older people. Uh Uh-oh. That's a problem. We have a tendency to think just the whippersnappers are getting high on the crack. It appears to be older people, too. And yet another sign. I got to tell you something. The world is seeking for something to soothe their agitated lives? We've got the answer for them, don't we? And until tomorrow, go serve your King.